Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Generic Foiling Podcast. Uh, this week we've got a slightly unexpected episode in that we are bringing you our version of the Casey Catch-Up. Uh, I only intended to chat with James just for a little bit to find out a little bit more about code foils. Um, other than the few edits that have popped up on my Instagram feed, um, I haven't really been that clued up on what's going on with that brand coming out of Australia. Uh, I know that he's obviously left Axis as a team rider and was heavily involved in their development and is now involved in code. So I just wanted to have a quick catch up with him to find out more about that. Uh, it was only intended to be a short thing that was going to get thrown into an episode with Freddie and I because we're long overdue a chat too. But, you know, as these things happen, James and I ended up chatting for about an hour. So here we go. Um, we talk about how he did end up getting involved with Code, um, the rest of the team behind that brand, uh, what foils that they're basically ready to release and are in production, uh, what foils are in development, kind of where they want to position themselves in a the market, what he's up to at the minute, uh, and then we kind of deviate away from the brand and start talking about um, upcoming races, including Molokai to Oahu. Uh, and then it goes a little bit off topic at the end and we start talking about foil marketing nonsense. So there's a bit for everybody in this. Do bear in mind that this was only supposed to be a quick little thing. Um, the audio is not the best, but I've done my best to tidy it up. Um, it's very generous of him to give as much time as he did. He was actually in an airport terminal on his way to host one of his coaching clinics with Moon Tours in the Maldives, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, sorry the audio is not perfect but we know you love the content so probably best to listen to on headphones it might not be the best one for a car journey unfortunately but see how you go a uh, quick note for those of you that are in the uk don't forget about poseidon shop opening party in yuki this weekend saturday the 13th uh, i think the barbecue is kind of on and going from about six ish uh, freddie and i will be there so come say hi if you're in the area and otherwise i hope you enjoy this episode wow thanks for coming back to join me James, um, Freddie, Freddie ought to be here really because he has definitely been following what's going on a lot more. But I thought it'd be cool to get you back because I don't really follow a lot that goes on online, and I thought it'd be cool to talk to you about code foils. Yeah, it's been a uh, feels like a whirlwind. Twenty twenty three, what's happened? Was all this on your mind when we were chatting before? Like I presume it was all well underway at that point. No, so Marcus and Ben had hassled me to come on, but I said. You guys can't afford me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to hear. No, I was just that they they'd sort of sound me out, but they hadn't really asked me officially, and I didn't really know what they were doing because I I didn't want to know because I was you know conflict of interest. You know, I was I was working on the prototype stuff at Axis, yeah. and um, it's I was like, you know, we'll say my house new protos going, and they're good, good, cool, and then. When they got their first like factory prototype, it was um, oh you should try it, Jimmy, and then we'll talk. So, and that was literally, I mean, ten days, maybe two weeks before I announced it in, or when I announced I was leaving Axis. Really? Yeah, it was all, it was all like a decision. It wasn't premeditated, that's for sure. So can we interpret from that that these foils are super easy to step on and ride or are we just saying that's the, the case you can get on anything and ride it effect? Yeah, they, they, they are, but um, they're my mates making them. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, more than just, it's more than just the foils are great. It's the whole package. 
building the brand with two mates that have, I've been good mates with for the last sort of five or six years and another guy I've known paddling and he's a good mate of Marx or something. He's a good mate of Marx and mate of mine. So maybe best mates creating something rather than building something for another brand, I guess, is the, you know, do our own thing. Um, so does that mean that you've like bought into the business then? Yeah, so I'm one quarter, quarter owner of Coyote. That's exciting, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a uh, drain on the wallet, but everything is when you start something up from scratch, you know. So I was lucky enough that the boys had put about a year's worth of work into it, so I missed all that heavy lifting that they did. I just flew on in and take the glory <laughs> if it all goes well. <laughs> so are they are they in stores over in Oz now? They're not yet. So literally, we should get our first run of production um, setups in four to six weeks from now but there are a few demos actually yeah you're right there's um there's a demo in a wss boards um surf effects and the foil shop where marcus works so there's just you know i think there's about there's been about maybe 20 like setups 20 entire setups built so far um and that's it yeah that's that's everything so, but production, production is happening. Production is underway. All signed off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope it is. Everything's supposed to be arriving in June. And what will the opening range look like? It's, it's literally just one. The opening range is a seventy-five centimeter mast, an eight-fifty square centimeter foil, um, a medium fuse, and a hundred-fifty square centimeter tail. And that's says so one size only. One size fits all to start. But then, like literally. I don't want to say exact timing, but we've we've had um, we've tested an 85 centimeter mast and a bigger and smaller version of that 850 in the S series, um, and we're about to get a, a bunch of stuff. It's all coming, and it's all just once it comes and we've tested, give it a tick, and it it just adds like you know it's four to six weeks from from then, so to speak. So it's just a learning process, and it all when it rains, like I'm literally excited. We um, a bunch of prototypes arrived. Um, I think yesterday I left yesterday and they arrived yesterday. And I'm away for three weeks, and there's about another sort of five to six front wings that are arriving in the next three weeks. So when I come home, I'm going to have so many toys to play with. Um, but it's like man, so we get we're lending it to uh, so obviously Marcus Ben and. And uh, Dan will be testing them, but also a bunch of them. We've got a few test pilots scattered throughout Australia. Just, just basically mates who foil and they want to be a part of it all. And so they're all testing them while I'm over in the Maldives, which I'm kind of dirty on. But um, it's all good, you know. Oh, it's a shame you didn't get to take it with you. Stay late. It must be funny going from perhaps the brand with the biggest range of any foiling brand. <laughs> to now starting something and gonna have one product <laughs> you know which products for you the only one we sell yeah yeah well yeah and it's 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 kind of cool though because to me i felt um too many falls confused the market i confused the consumer the, the client you know the, the person buying it because the number of times i guess it gave me a job when i was coaching you know what should i buy why should I buy this? Why should I not buy that? Try this, try that. And basically, 
foiling is evolving at such a rate that having a range of, you know, 500 different wings is an expensive thing to be doing because, you know, you've got to be confident that you're going to be able to sell X amount to make that mould worthwhile. And if you don't, then you've got to hold on to it for longer before you release your next new one. And at some point you might get left, like you might, you, you don't want to not release something because you haven't, because you've got other stuff in stock. I guess, and so us coming in, it's, I feel like it's a good time because a lot, you know, a lot of the, the brands have brought out, you know, the new high modulus masks. They've figured out that flex isn't so good, um, and that being stiffer is better. Um, stiffening up higher aspect wings and all this sort of stuff. It's uh, the timing just felt right, I guess, in terms of all of that. Are you guys kind of grateful to have? I guess, piggybacked on the rapid evolution that's already happened so far in the last few years. Yeah, and we have no... Um, we're well aware of that, and we're, like, open to that. Like, we're learning off what other brands have done, like, mis- like other mistakes brands have made, I guess. And if we can learn from their mistakes, then great. And they're, they're learning from their own mistakes too. And, and not so much mistakes, but just the evolution of it all, you know, like, things have gotten better. So where do you see where do you see this brand sitting in five years? Like what sort of brand are you like what what customers are you aiming for? Is it gonna be more performance focused or do you wanna grow it to offer something for everybody or what? Yeah, to start with, like the idea was just to make foils that we like and hopefully other people like them too. That's that's like especially this first couple of months, it's been focused on getting a surf wing that performs well and like an all round wing, we're not calling it a surfing, it's an all round wing that performs well for winging for surfing, for SUP, the downwind, and then getting me a wing that's competitive for Molokai in, in July. And that's honestly, like, basically was get the first series out, the S series, and get, like, a bigger and a smaller of that. So that's the 850, and I'm getting a bigger and a smaller size of that. And then another series we're calling the R series. I think I can say it. The R series, and that's going to be the wing I'll race on for Molokai. And we're pumping out a bunch of prototypes to try to, um, you know, get them all ready for a release around Molokai or just after Molokai, but basically I have something to ride and be competitive in that race because coming from all the I ended a year of prototyping with Axis, like a year of heavy duty testing, X, Y, Z, we try this, we change that. I think we went through about at least six prototypes in the sort of downwind. Oh, no, it's probably not even that many. Maybe four or five prototypes in a, in a downwind foil. Um and we've got to do that in like four months, you know, with code, which... So where, where are you at with that process now, given that you've got, yeah, what, like two, two four months? Um, the really good thing was the first thing we made was already really competitive. So Marcus Marcus has done a pretty good job taking bits and pieces from what he's learned from writing other foils. And um, on the second prototype of the race wing, and we're kind of happy with it and going to be able to um, scale it. Oh, no, there's a third or fourth prototype, but we've got a bunch, the, the type and in the layups. There's a few things we've got to play around with. Obviously, there's the foil section, there's the, the actual outline of it all, and then there's the, the layup, so the layup of the foil, because you don't want to... Um, basically, you want it to be strong, you want it to be stiff, you want it to be all the things that are good. <laughs> 
you know, gliding and having yeah, sure. to turn it and generally race, racing wings are higher aspect and thinner, you know, less board, bigger span. So, you know, they're subject to more flex. And so if it's flexy, we don't want to release it. So, so for the sake of um, obviously people, people listening will almost certainly know who you are because obviously they've listened to your podcast previously and if you haven't go back and listen but for the sake of everyone listening why don't you introduce the other guys yeah right so marcus charger was the first aussie to do molokai to oahu which is i don't know i keep saying that's a pretty cool thing um he is also the designer of sonova boards and stand-up paddle boards and he's he's supped molokai to oahu before um He's one king of the cut, which is a big diamond race here in Australia, and I kind of call him Yoda. He's a little, <laughs> little um, wise. He's not old. He's not that old, but I was calling him Yoda. He's older than me. But he's little and wise. And then his brother Ben. Um, actually, he and he and his brother used to sail. They were the runner-up boat for the Greece Olympics. For, I can't remember the type of boat they ride. They're, they're sailing, but um. Basically, if they'd won the qualifiers, they probably would have won gold because the Aussies were so far ahead in that division. Um, so they just missed out on the gold medal, essentially, and were the runner-up both for that when they were younger. Uh, they both windsurfed and uh, they're just proffers. And then Dan is an architect slash builder who um, is really good at lending all the files that Marcus and Ben sort of draw up so they can be used uh, with the correct software for building coils in the factory that we're at. So, and, and Dan's, a, he's also paddles a stand-up paddleboard in the past and he's down with coils and he's just a proper, such a good guy. And he's probably the uh, more organised of the four of us. He's very important piece of the puzzle, I would say. So, um, yeah, Dan's a legend. And, and actually, I met his wife on one of these moon tours trips in the Maldives back in 2018. And she's she's just as frothy, probably actually she's more frothy than all of us. Um, she's a full on um, what they call themselves, the salty clams. So yeah, she's classic. But um, so how's how's Marcus found the transition? Obviously, he's got countless board designs under his belt. But how long has he been playing around with foil designs, and how's he found that transition? Foil designs have been relatively new to Marcus, but but Ben's done foil designs for one or FU foils, or they're now one foils. So um, Mark has done, in the last 18 months, he's done a lot of research. He, he basically did like a, I don't know, crash course on foil design. And basically was that was his homework. He was doing that between his real job um, in, the, in the shop. And also learning from Ben, who had designed a bunch of foils for one Ocean Sports Um and, you know, when you prototype, so Ben was working, um, building the foils for one, designing the foils for one, and he, he, you know, you figure out what works and what doesn't. So um, a lot of the stress points that, you know, they found had a few issues with the one foils, they've, I guess we've, we've saved a couple, um, saved a couple prototypes i guess from the lessons that ben learned because marks would draw it up and then send it to ben and ben would look at it and say ah look at here look at here look at here that all needs to be thicker and bulkier so it doesn't so it's stiff and doesn't crack so and then dan would blend it all up so it all fits together nicely 
How do you how do you balance sort of all of that time you spent developing with Axis? How do you balance using what you've learned without going, oh, I know that that prototype or that product that we worked on was really bloody good. If we just do it like this, that's going to work. Like, how do you make sure you use that knowledge without just ripping off Adrian's work? Yeah, well, I was never designed in, in the design process from Axis. I'd tell them what I felt and what I wanted from a foil. But I never saw any foil sections. Um, they'd sometimes show me like how they drew up the wings, but not really. It was more like the the stats I was getting. I'd send to them, and from that they would design it. Right. So while I was involved, I was steering the ship, but I wasn't, you know, apart. I wasn't like, you know, doing the heavy lifting. I was just saying, this is what I want. This is what it's lacking, and let's get that. So for me, um, when I felt something that worked. I'd say, yeah, that's really good. And if it uh, didn't work, then it was kind of like, oh, well, back to the drawing board kind of thing. What are we going to do now? Um, and there was a few occasions with that for the surf, surf wing. Um, that's, I think, about to come out. Seems like seems like they've been sitting on that stuff for a while. Yeah, it's been a long time waiting on it. The number of people that are asking on social media, you see on all the riders' accounts putting up clips. So, yeah, I'm on this proto surf wing. Yeah, everyone's been on that for fucking months. Where is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, I had to give all my prototypes back, and um, I've heard it's good. A few people hit me up, and and um, yeah, it's great. It's great, great foil. People hit me up and wanted to buy it off me. I said no, I have to give it back because because <laughs> um, yeah, obviously you can't be <clears throat> vlogging a bunch of prototype wings that I haven't released to the world yet. <laughs> no. So Molokai to Oahu, then what gear are you using? Are you going to be using your prototype foil? um i don't know yet it's still is it may early may i'll i'll know more in three weeks but um i've got one foil at the moment that i'm pretty happy with i did 66 k's on it the other day from cronulla to palm beach which is like the entire sydney coastline um and we had pretty average conditions but it was i had a lift because my wife was going to meet a friend in cronulla which is like the other side of the city so i jumped in with her and um i'd be happy to use that foil kind of well in terms of what i was i don't want to say too much it, it was good i don't want to like i don't, I don't like talking to any other brand and i think what like, the stuff i did with axis i'm super proud of i think the foils that are coming out from axis are going to be great but um i think the foils that we're doing with code are just as good if not better but i'm biased so you know i always say to people people like People say, "Oh, so and so said this." And I'm like, "Yeah, he's a, he rides for that brand. Like, why would he say? Why would he say anything bad about it? You know, it's like, yeah. You know, and then even guys like Mr. Bennett's like, he doesn't just like there's there's strings attached. He's not just getting given free stuff for nothing. So if he says it's really good, doesn't mean it is actually really good. You know, not necessarily. It means he likes it enough to post about it. But like, he hasn't signed a contract. And likewise, like guys like um. Well, anyone who's signed something, like make your like go out and try your own stuff. Mate, even even if you're even if you're not signing something, it's the same old thing, isn't it? It's like um, all of the media relies on advertising, and so they're only going to talk about companies' products that advertise with them, and blah 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 blah. That's why it's a shame that Freddie and I aren't better riders because then we could actually tell whether this is good or not, and then you know you can believe it. <laughs> But seriously, like the best judge is just your average judge, or is, is yourself. Because even like if you and Freddie were trying it, and maybe it worked really well for you guys, 
but maybe conditions are really different where you know Johnny is in the US and yeah you know what I'm trying in Australia feels really good for me but I know I'm a really front-footed surfer and I was teaching my brother to foil he was always a very back-footed surfer so what he and I like are probably going to be different so therefore like there's there's kind of a brand for everyone I feel like there's there's a foil for everyone and then the conditions they have so I feel like we're just adding our version to the mix and people can you know obviously we're not gonna we're not gonna say shit because then we wouldn't sell any and we wouldn't even want to release it if we thought it was shit but it's like everyone's going to say the foil is good. So if you can demo stuff and try stuff for yourself and compare it back to back in the same conditions, then you'll actually know if that foil is good for you or not. Because <laughs> I see so many, so-and-so said this and it must be really good. It's like, yeah, Bennett's can ride anything and surf well. Like, <laughs> you know I mean? like it, it, it's what he likes or what works for him or, yeah, that's, that's my take on it. I have always said that. I've always said that, like, you know, pro riders can make any old bag of crap look good. So it is a tricky one. But then having said that, like, I completely agree with everything that you've just said. But my next question was going to be, which is now related to this, um, even though people should ultimately ride what they enjoy and they should try it and all the rest of it, if you were to go and do this race and win it, the fact that you've won it, the fact that there's some measurable performance there, that will influence people's buying decisions, even though the majority of users are not at that level. Um, but given that, like, do are you do you feel any pressure to perform because you are now so heavily involved in this foil brand and you know that it's a bit like when Kevin Longre did reading kites and then went to King of the Air and it's like if you perform well here, this could be a massive boost for sales. Do you feel that with the Molokai to Oahu? Not really. Like our, our brands, like Code's only been around for. We've only we've only had foils for the last like three months, you know. So if, if I was chatting to the boys about it, and they're like, like if you get top five, that's a huge win. And and to be honest, like there's every chance, there's every chance I could be outside the top twenty. Like foiling is that competitive right now, and the conditions. Um, you know, something going wrong. There's, it's just because I foiled a long way once before doesn't mean I'm going to be the, the quickest. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I foiled 200 k's going 19 k's an hour, like averaging 19 k's an hour. That's really slow for foiling. And so, if maybe they if they did the race from like Kona to like, you know, um, you know the Big Island to Kauai, maybe I'd have a chance. Um, because I'm in, I got a good endurance. I got a good engine. But like in terms, like 50 k's is a sprint on a foil. It's two hours. Like in terms of like paddling downwind. I mean, I don't know whether you can call it a sprint. Two hours is a half marathon to most people. The word marathon's still in there. Yeah, I guess that. So. But half marathon. It's not a marathon. It's 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 a very yeah. different. It's a very different race to Molokai on a sup. I guess is my point. Because on a sup, the quickest time is just under four hours. I think the quickest time will probably be. I reckon the record will be broken, but I reckon it'll be there's every chance it'll be under two hours if conditions are good. Um, so it's you know it's an hour and say it's an hour and fifty the winning time, fifty two k's an hour. That's averaging twenty seven, twenty eight k's an hour. Guys are doing that. Guys are averaging close to thirty k's an hour downwind now, like on a good run, a good section. Molokai, I can't imagine being that good because there's a shit, a flat start, a good good middle to you know second and third and then the last 
couple cases of headwind, but if you stay up on foil for that headwind, then obviously, you know, if you come off foil, you're pretty much looking at like a very slow time. If you stay up on foil all the way to the finish, you're looking at a very fast time. So, you know, the conditions are going to make a huge impact. And um, we saw that with um, Finn and Kai in 2019, or Jeffrey and Kai in 2019. So you're not um, confidently envisioning yourself on the podium? I'd, if I was on the podium, I'd be absolutely wrapped. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going into it like I'm doing a completely new sport. You know, um, I haven't raced. I haven't really raced anyone on a foil. <laughs> it's uh, I've done a lot of foil racing, but a lot of time I'm racing skis, outriggers. Um, Marcus and Ben. Ben beat me in the Doctor back in 2019. Um, Marcus hasn't beat me yet. I don't think. But uh, there's there's a, there's a lot of good foilers. There's a lot of good foilers downwinding. So I think um, it's gonna be re- it's gonna be really exciting. I think 50, 52k is a really good length for a race. Um, personally, I think the lighter the wind, the more it plays into my favour. Just because we don't have good conditions most of the time here in Sydney, and it's usually pretty messy. So I think I'll be able to make if it's if it's howling the whole way. I, I, I like we don't get that very often. Like we don't get twenty five to thirty five knots very often. And if we do. There's usually a big, big swell with it, and the bands always shit anyway. So anyway, it, it's I don't see myself as a favourite by any means. I don't, I don't see I see a podium as like a massive win. I see top five as, as good, and I see top ten as ex- acceptable. And outside top ten, I'd be pretty disappointed probably, but I can't be because it's it's an it's a it's partly arms race in terms of like you need a fall that has a good range. You need to go fast. You need to go slow of the course and then you know it's full unknown you know having, i haven't raced against these guys for four years or five years on a foil you excited so excited i can't wait it's gonna be so fun i'm like doing maori molokai so after that we'll have a pretty good gauge of who's going fast so that's two weeks out from molokai and that'll be the best sort of i guess it's a litmus test so just the form guide see who's where but it won't even be that good a form guide for Molokai because it's the different different water, different race, M to M's, bumps from the start to the finish. Molokai to Oahu's flat start, good bumps, two, three Ks in, big bumps in the middle, and then the last four Ks are messy to upwind. <laughs> so it's like I'd, I, could, I could see someone winning Maui to Molokai and being outside the top 10 for Molokai to Oahu. And then Hood River's in there as well, which is going to be like a completely different bag. You know, there's that's that's a a river downwind a river downwinder. I was going to say that's probably the most different to what you ride regularly, I guess, because you don't tend to ride closed waters, or is that not right? Um, I do. We have closed waters, um, and Hood River's a pretty good closed water run. Um, I'm probably least excited about who do because of that or like, like most nervous about that because of that because it's yeah and also it's shorter like that is a sprint <laughs> it's only <laughs> 10 10 it, it'd be under an hour like it'd be like ha- half an hour probably i don't even know um probably less than that it's only like 12 k's it'll be like like 20 minutes 
You'll be bored asking for an immediate lift back at wind. Yeah, I'll pack my wing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll but like that makes it so much harder because you can, if you have a bad start in a race like Hood River, you're out. You fall off once, you're out. Molokai to Oahu, yeah, bad starts, not gonna like, you got a lot of time. You got fifty you got forty Ks to catch up. But you don't want to be behind at any point. So it's yeah. It'd be interesting. There's um there's a lot going on. In all those races, oh, lots of options that cannot work and options that may work. So it's hmm. be really it'd be really cool to see where whether it's foils that are the biggest difference, boards that are the biggest difference, or athletes themselves that are the biggest difference. Will will there be anyone else competing on the code foils? Um, yeah, we got a few mates. Um, Dylan Constable, a guy from the sunny coast, Aussie. Um, Matt Nottich, who used to have Molokai Tuaha on a sub before. We used to train a lot together. He's often also from the sunny coast. I think that's it. And which foil, which foils do you see to be the most competitive at this point? It just depends on the conditions. It's so hard, you know. Like, um, if the conditions are really good the whole way, like I even consider using the eight fifty, um, because it's if the bumps are good the whole way, like lower aspect falls seem or that it's not lower aspect, but lower aspect can seem can kind of go faster um, than a high aspect because you don't have to, you don't have to worry about the glide in between bumps. Because yeah, if the conditions are good the whole, it's not going to be good the whole way. That's that's almost guaranteed for Molokai. But yeah, there's all these all these scenarios running through my head. It's like, what could it be like, and what are we going to use? And to be honest, like I, we're going into winter here in Australia, and so and I go, I'm going away. I'm away now for the next three weeks, so I've got pretty much June, and then one week in July. So it's five weeks to test a bunch of different prototypes we have coming. And then I'll know what, I'll probably just bring everything anyway. I'll be in Hawaii and I'll be testing everything there and, and figuring out what's what and all the variables in between and shimming and all that jazz, you know, trying to make it as fast as I can while still being able to paddle it up and not, not making it up, making sure it works when it's, you know, lighter or, you know, headwind at the end. Yeah. It sounds uh, it sounds like you got a fun few months coming up though. To be fair, I'm excited to watch the wing race too. Actually, yeah, I think it'll be yeah, uh, for sure. It'll be a pretty cool race that because that uh, I guess it's I was going to say that's more of an arms race because you're relying on the wing sail itself, the foil and the board. But from my experience, different people can definitely get a bit more out of a, get get a bit more out of a, a sail than others. I definitely think that that um, that side of the sport is very much in its infancy. It reminds me of the early stage of kite racing, like kite foil racing, and even before the foil racing when they're on the slalom boards. Because I'm like based in Exmouth and seeing the Bridge family go through that whole process. Um, you know, I think winging's at that stage where the guys regularly winning are ultimately just the best all-round wingers at the moment. It's just the guys that have spent the most time on the water in general and have the most relevant past experience. I don't think we're going to see that scene get really competitive for at least another few years when people are actually dedicated to that discipline and everyone's had a similar sort of hours on the gear and you know then it starts coming into who's more physically prepared and 
yeah, who's got the tactics, who's actually done the most racing, not just the most hours on the water. Yeah, for sure. Because to me, I see winging is mainly have gone into like a. To me, it looks like it's very freestyle. I'm not sure if that's a fair, I guess, view on it. I sort of like when I got into it, it was mainly people wave riding, I guess, and then the windsurfers got into it, and it just went all flippy and tricks. And um, mm. I've been come from that that background. Um, the, the most tricky I got was on kiting. Kiting, I could do a back roll, which is like <laughs> the most basic. It's not even like something you brag about. Like it's like a given. My brother, my brother started doing front rolls, and I'm like, no way, man. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ride waves. Um, but that's the thing with racing, isn't it? Like that's the thing. There's always there's something about there are differences between people that are into freestyle and people that are into waves. And there are some people that are into both for sure. But like both of those disciplines are a very self-motivating discipline. Um, and it seems that way, like, you know, you and your crew are absolutely frothing on downwinding as well. And like you do that, whether there was no competition in the world or not. Um, whereas I think racing, yes, there's a small percentage of people that always like to race, but as soon as you stick a goalpost down, as soon as there is a decent world championship to be won, as you know, as as it happened with kite racing, as soon as there is the Olympics there, all of a sudden it goes to a fucking totally yeah, it goes to a totally different level. And I just don't think that wing racing Wing racing's not there yet. It's not it's not serious. It's just oh there's another discipline on the GWA. I'm a good winger, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I think you're right. But, but I think once it becomes like an Olympic sport, especially, you'll get people from like other like other disciplines coming and doing it and focusing in on it and probably doing better than the guys that are doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. Because the, the jack of all trades are good at everything, but, you know, they're not the best at anything. And that's that's one of the problems I think I had with the sub racing stuff. I, I was trying to do the flat water racing and the downwind and the tech racing and... I sort of figured I'm not a te- I'm not a flat water racer. I don't I don't enjoy it. I sort of narrowed my focus to the downwind side of stand up, and and that's when I improved most. But when I was doing all the other racing all over the place, it's it's like you, you can't you can't be good at everything, I guess. And you, you've seen guys like in the stand up stuff, like Connor Baxter. He's just he only really does the sprint races now, from what I can tell, and he, and he's and he owns it. Whereas guys like Noick and Shrimpy kind of doing a bit of everything, and they've those two are kind of similar from what I can tell are winning the, the distance racing, but kind of still got them in the in the sprint races. Well, Usain Bolt's not doing the marathons, is he? Exactly, exactly right. Oh, nice. Well, I won't I won't keep you too much longer. I've uh, got to get back to work as well. But yeah, it's really cool to, for you to join me quickly. It was good to hear a little bit from the horse's mouth about this very exciting brand that's not saying too much so far. Yeah, we, um, we, we, we've been deliberate kind of about that. I reckon the boys kind of let the cat out of the bag a bit early, but that just got excited. Um, and we need a little bit of cash flow to keep things going, you know, with more, more foils. We've had a few... Um, had a few like a lot of shops have interest and a lot of shops have bought some already and we probably have like uh, you know we've got a bunch more to sell but um we definitely have i guess the cash flow to put it back into more prototypes at the moment which at the start was like all right <laughs> we need to put in another you know x amount of dollars to, <laughs> to keep this thing rolling and how are we all going for cash and it's like oh we need to sell some stuff eventually 
Does anyone else want to come on my coaching trips? <laughs> yeah, seriously, anyone else? The other boys as well. Marcus can only do so many shifts at the shop, and Ben, Ben, he works in aircon, so I think it was winter when he started. <laughs> I was just about to say, so it's not good that it's coming back into winter then. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Dan, well, Dan's just um, finished up as a builder, I think, so he's he's all in. So we'll, we'll see. Like it's, it's really, I'm really excited about it all, and I hope everyone else is, and I hope everyone gets, I hope everyone just gets the chance to try it out, and that's that's all. That's that's all I can ask is if you if you see one or there's one in the shop, make an effort to go try it because um, we really from from we, we feel like the foil does the talking for us from from everyone that Ben's a classic actually so he had a he had one of the first two up on the Gold Coast, and he um. You know, he was like showing it to his mates and showing it to shops, and he'd sort of show it to him like, "Oh, it looks good." He's like, "Yeah, should try it." And then he like, "Where's so what has it go?" He's like, "Oh, yeah, I like it. It's good, but I want you guys to try it because I don't want to like bias your opinion on it. Try it out and give me like he's he's not a big talker, so he was just like the worst salesman. But because the foil was good, it worked out. Whereas if the foil was shit, he'd be he'd be real stuck. Like he'd be in trouble." <laughs> Yeah, it's really difficult, that isn't it? When you've had a go on something, if you if you want somebody else to try it, it's really difficult not to give your opinion first. But you're totally right. Like if you want the true response, you just put like, yeah, give it a go. I know what I think. See what you think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's I guess what I was saying earlier about like the marketing and brands. And I guess we're a brand now. We're doing like we're doing marketing stuff and talking about it. And but so yeah, just try it out. That's all you can do. And if you try it and you like it, then let us know. Go buy one. Well, we're not going to get one in the UK for a while, are we? I think, um, what is it, the, the UK foil shop? I think they stocks and over stuff. Um, I think it's Matt. Is it Matt? Anyway, we have had a shop. Not you guys. We have had another shop. Hit us up. <laughs> us, a shop? Wait, wait and buy a phone for, for a message from the boys. <laughs> Mate, we'd be a disaster trying to sell anything. We, I don't know whether you listened to, um, I don't know whether you listened to the interview with Charles from F1, but somebody like messaged me and was like, "I thought Freddie was selling access. I can't believe at one point he uh, asked the guy, so how do you make these higher aspect foils turn a little bit better?'" Oh, <laughs> uh, get on you, Freddie. <laughs> You can't let all the tricks out of the bag, you know. But now we're gonna we need to do we actually need to do a dedicated episode because um people seem to think that there is some association between the fact that Freddie works for a distributor and yes he has brand affiliation and all the rest of it, but people seem to think that that has some relation to us starting this and all the rest of it. And we're gonna do do a whole explanation of the fact that it's not related whatsoever like i have no affiliation with anything and uh, i will definitely say anything and even him that does have an association for the most part he will say anything so yeah well that's yeah even like say with i guess my podcast i try to keep a like an unbiased hat on like i have my coaching hat on not my like code hat or my access hat or my sonova hat it's like tried it all out and this is what i've heard from people this is what i've tried felt myself and like I'm not going to not interview someone because they're a competitor. Like 
I'd only be interviewing Marcus and Ben, you know, and it'd be boring after a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's, the boiling's too small and everyone's too good a person to, you know, talk down about anything else. And I think I'm so stoked to see, all, there's so many good foils now. That's that's the beauty of yeah Yeah. That. Honestly, that's where I think we're at. Like everything is good and it kind of comes down to your preferences, the conditions you have and, you know, the, what's nearby that you can try. Because if you can't try it, you're pretty brave buying it, I reckon. Um, it's a big commitment. It's a big commitment. Yeah. It's a big, and, you, and you're relying on someone who's, who's trying to sell something to you. Like, I don't know. Uh, we, we've talked about this a fair bit and, you know, the other thing is compromise. So, like, every foil is good for what it was designed for, but designers in their mind will think, okay, I want us to do this well and we're going to sacrifice a little bit of this, whether that's, you know, it glides well so therefore it doesn't turn as well or it pumps well so therefore, you know, or it, it surfs well so maybe it's not going to glide as well or the speed's high or the speed's low and therefore it's going to be good for this or good for that and, you know, or it rolls well or, you know, there's so many different aspects you can build into a foil but it, comes at a cost somewhere along the line and anyone who says it doesn't and they've made this magic foil show me i'd love to see it <laughs> <laughs> well it's also yeah i think the thing that i identified recently is you know as far as your as far as your average rider goes in the uk okay i'm probably not bad you know might be above average but at the same time you have to identify whether the trends that are going on in the industry are actually relevant to you or not. And the, re the reason I say this is because mm. I just got a new foil. So I've got the new um, F1 skate and it came with like a really tiny um, fuselage and it's got their, you know, like they, they now have the, the option to have the wings molded into the fuselage basically. Um, and so you don't have an option to swap that over. So the skate came with a pretty small rear wing and then a really tiny fuselage. And I had already sold my other foil, so like got rid of that old one. But my old foil, the Phantom, I had a bigger size and a smaller size front wing. And the bigger size I still use to prone foil when it's quite small. Yeah. And so the other day I was forced to go out for a session and uh, and the only the only rear wing and fuse that I had was the one off the skate to put on this thing. So you're like you're talking a fourteen hundred ish front wing with this tiny fuse and tiny rear wing, which has been a trend. Well, it's 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 old hat now, but like that's what everybody was talking about twelve months ago, six months ago. These shorter fuses and you know Axis were banging on about that and these tiny tails, and it was amazing like in 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 small surf it made it made that foil feel like a completely new foil and freddie was there going oh you know you're so behind and blah 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 but i was like yeah but 12 months ago i wasn't good enough where if i'd have taken the same setup out i'd have had a shit session because i wasn't good enough then because you do sacrifice so much pitch control and it is really you know it's way more skating all the rest of it so yeah it's also that and identifying if it's actually relevant to you or not for sure. And it's, and then, yeah, oh, so many variables to play with. But yeah, you, you've got to, there's no point teaching someone on a short fuse with a small tail. You know, like it's, whereas when they're learning a longer fuse, the bigger tail is going to help heaps. But then also, like, if you're toe foiling and, and, and if you're Bennett's, like, he loves a longer, he loves a longer fuse. Or if you're toe foiling, a longer fuse draws everything out. So it's like, but then if you talk to Jeremy Wilmot, he he swears by the he's where he's riding like the psycho short or something and he's riding big waves on that. So it's also what the person's used to as well, I think, because 
Um, personally, I found going like I it was always riding the 82 for downwinds, and I swapped to the 75, and I didn't like it at first. First impression was I hated it actually, and I kept persevering with it, persevering, and I would never go up above an 82 centimeter mast. Like if I winged, I used to go to a 90, so I'd go to winging 90, prone and downwind 82, and then I went 75 as well for downwind. So I had that those three falls, and if I went winging the day before, and then went downwind the day after. And I was going from 90 to 75 was a huge jump and I'd just breach all the time. So because I've been winging with a 90 centimetre mask, I hate the 75 centimetre mask. But then I stopped winging with that 90, went to the 82, and I go 80 to 75. And that was a big, that was a small enough gap I was okay with, you know. So, and then I went down winning on the 82 the other day and I'm like, oh, this thing's huge. So it felt so big and it felt draggy and slow. But a year earlier, the 82 was all I ever used. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it changes all the time. That's there's there's the there's what you're used to as well and the conditions you're used to and there's so many variables it's it's cool though like so much to play with and once you dial into it you sort of lean into it as well and then you try something different you know you're leaning this way and it's dragging you back the other way at first you're like oh i don't like because i'm still leaning this way but the floor wants me to go that way and then you finally lean into it oh i like that and then i feel like you really know when you go back and forth and you're comfortable on both and that's when you really know what you like and what what suits your style but it's hard to do like it takes a lot of time like it's i guess eric from the progression projects talked about all the time he's done testing and tweaking little bits pieces of the foil and you know it's to really dial in your equipment is a big job and it's it's a job like it's not what most people fall for they just want to plug and play get out there and enjoy it and when they're changing stuff it just makes things harder so the um the code foils tagline is going to be code foils. We like it. <laughs> That's it. We like it. Yeah. No, I don't know. It's got to be like cracking the code. Of, maybe we don't need one. But yeah, we are deliberately, we're, we're deliberately naming like the series as like an S series, which someone asked if it was S for surf. And we're like, no, we're actually going to do a surf wing later on. And then R, they're like, oh, is R for race? We're like, not really. R's the, could be for radical could be for range it could be for could be for race but like it's it's not it's just they're just letters and you can decide what they what they mean on your own you know s is for sick it's fully sick you can identify as whatever you want now mate that's it you can do whatever you want (laughs) and we're deliberate about that we're not we're not going to box it up for you and say this is what this is the only thing it does very good High aspects versus mid aspects versus low aspects, like a high aspects foil. I lift now called the HAX. So is the high aspect now high aspect or is the high aspect now mid aspects because the high aspect, it's like it's like what Axis did with the fuses are short and then there's ultra short and then there's silly short, crazy short. Why didn't they just start at like long and have medium and then short? <laughs> Well, you could have just said, you could have just been 30 centimetres. That would have been another way of doing it. And then they've actually known what the hell it was. Uh, Yeah, I guess it's the same thing with the, I guess what I was saying with the high aspect and mid aspect. Like what's what's Armstrong going to do if they bring out like a, another foil that's a similar aspect ratio and they've just got the MA series coming out? Is it the the more, the MMA, the more mid aspect? (laughs) Like, Like where do you, where do you go from there? You know what pisses me off more than that? It's people measuring the bloody foils in like square inches. That annoys me. 
Yeah. But, okay, last one. The, the, the size of a foil, I feel, is only relevant to the range that it's in. So, for example, like the progression 140 and the progression 170, I, I, I've tried the progression 140, I've tried the lift 170, and to me, the 140 felt like the 170 in terms of size like and, and, and speed, I guess, the, the way it moved through the water. The, the 140 progression turned better, but it wasn't quick like you'd expect a 140 to be, I guess. Yeah. You know, there's a th- there's an idea for you guys. I'd be tempted if it were me. I'd almost be tempted to call it like the, you know, the R series seventy to eighty, and I'm actually referring to rider weight, like the or something like that. Yeah, I saw a thing the other day on rider weight, and and based on the numbers, I needed to be using the um, I think it was the Armstrong stuff. I needed to be I needed to be using the seventeen fifty, and that's like the biggest one in the range. There's like foils for 50 kilo people and 60 kilo people and 65 kilo people. I'm like, I feel like I can ride the 50 kilo one, but based on my weight, <laughs> I'm, up on the, I'm on the biggest, biggest, biggest end of the spectrum. Yeah, I suppose maybe you're right. It, then the skill comes in. It's like BMI, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a beast. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just heavy, heavy set. I'm thick, dense. Oh, I like this. What else is stupid about the marketing of foils? Quite a lot, to be fair. It's hard thing to market. They really like it's. I don't know. It's it's just a fin. It's just a fin. There's another tagline for you to propose to the boys. Fin. It's just a fin. We like it. Yeah, we like it. It's just a fin, though. But um, <laughs> how much? <laughs> we like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear right i'll probably get trouble for some of the things i've said on this but takeaway messages everyone's making good foils now try it if you can try it before you buy it and make and, and compare like it, the ideal thing would be go to a, a shop's demo day and say i want to try xyz three different brands and i want to try them all out in the same conditions and rotate with a mate or a friend or you know someone else who wants to demo them as well and that's the best way to know what foil works for you in my opinion and, and it's hard to figure it out over one test but you know it's hard to demo stuff for longer but um just just try stuff and, and don't necessarily listen to your friend who said oh this is the best foil ever or i saw so and so ride it now ripping on it um so and so was also ripping on everything else he tried but you know so try it out Know for yourself, make your own decisions. You'll, you'll you'll be happy with it. That's very professional. I'm glad that you've tried to wrap this up with some actually useful advice. Well done. Mm, I'll try. You reckon you're going to get any absolutely hopeless individuals turn up on this coaching session then? Nah, definitely. <laughs> that's why they. That's why they need me. Um, How many people you got? I think there's 10 and there's a mix of SUP and foil. So, you know, we could have anything and everything. And I definitely know there's some guys that only want to foil and there's other guys that only want to SUP. So we're going to be juggling a little bit. Um, we have got two, I guess we need to supervise both groups. If we go separate, we've got the 
ability to do that. So we can't. We got sort of hedging our bets. We've also, we've also got a jet ski, which is going to be sick. So we'll be towing cool. in a few empty waves, hopefully. And I'm really excited to sort of um, explore some like foil waves because I don't think there've been many people that have. Well, there'd be plenty of people that fall in the Maldives, but like to in, in my head, we got this boat and we're we're on like the normal sort of route. But last time I was on this trip, there was this um like huge tides and whatnot. But this open sort of ocean rollers are now just crumbling and then going fat again. Just like wow, that's like that's like a mountain on a on a foil, you know, just a full you know skate park. But on a stand up, you wouldn't even stop and look at it. So with yeah, the jet yeah. ski and towing in, it could be pretty special. A few spots um, that aren't even breaking, you know. So. We, we definitely we'll, we'll get some footage because we're so yeah. Where's where's most of the media going to come out for this one, and then where can people like sign up to find out about future coaching trips like this? Yeah, so um, this one's Moon run by Moon Tours, and I'm sort of I've come on as coach. Um, so you can head to Moon Tours, and we've got just the release dates for 2024, um, and then. And, um, any other we're doing a bunch of other ones from um scotland later in the year actually so i might have to take it out of you guys um but just sort of let us know as soon as possible we're likely to be going up there this autumn anyway if it's this year yeah yeah i'll let you know for sure um but we haven't locked in a date but it's going to be around late september or late october because i've got a wedding in early october that's either side of that wedding um and i've got a few other things sort of lined up that um, Europe in 2024, so next year, I guess. Um, starting to pencil in some dates for that too. So there's heaps going on, but the Casey, like the Casey Oz website, kcaus.com, I'll set, let stuff, not let dates and not, not all the info be up there. And but for the Maldives stuff, Moon Tours. Sweet. Nice one. Well, enjoy your trip. Thanks for coming on again. Bit longer than I expected, but thanks for your time. Hope you haven't missed my flight. Fingers crossed. Have you fun. Right. Thanks, James. Cheers, mate. Bye. There you go. Thanks again to Mr. Casey for being such a gent. Uh, Freddie and I are quite enjoying keeping in touch with uh, some of the guys over in Oz, uh, hearing what they're getting up to. Uh, if any of you have missed it, you've got to get on the Instagram and check out some of the stuff that Mr. Wilmot has been riding since he's got back from Thailand. It looks like they've had some huge swells over there and uh, <laughs> he's just been doing some death-defying riding. So we're going to try and get a quick catch-up with him at some point to find out more about that. Um, let us know what you thought about this, you know, this kind of episode. It was um, very much less planned. As I said, it was just kind of intended as a catch-up. It was only meant to be a small thing. It went on longer. But if you want us to try and do more of this and fit little bits of this into... Um, the episodes that Freddie and I normally do between us. Uh, let us know what you think. Do not only keep your shout-outs coming to us. Uh, I know a lot of the people that we interview um, have mentioned to us about how they've had people get in touch with them following listening to the podcast, and they really enjoy that too. So, yeah, do continue to do so. Do make sure you subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, two reasons. We've got some really, really good stuff scheduled in terms of people that we're going to interview. 
Um, there's some pretty big names from some big brands and some of the ones coming up are very much market leaders. So I got a lot of questions for them. Uh, and also, Freddie and I are long overdue a catch up between the two of us. We've got some funny stories about some sessions. I've been on a hell of a lot of gear. Uh, I think Freddie's been some demo events recently and came back talking about himself like a local celebrity. So uh, we're going to be doing some catch up between the two of us as well. There's going to be quite a lot coming in the next, well, couple of months at least. Uh, so do subscribe. Um, Instagram numbers are going up, but that's nice. We're posting more and more on there. Um, so do follow us at generic foiling podcast and until next time we hope you get some good conditions